everyone. Welcome to What We Make, a Terminator podcast. I'm Will. I'm Malika. I'm Matt. And today we are joined by two special guests. First, there's Heidi. Hello. And returning, Sergeant Drano. Howdy. Howdy. Hey. <laughs> Glad you both could come join us for the season finale, the unintended season finale. <laughs> I, uh, unintended. I'm really going to miss reading your feedback this week, Heidi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can just tell me what you're going to say and I'll say it for you. Oh, okay. I'll just type it in the chat and then yeah. say it. Okay. Yeah. That works. Heidi, you're, uh, this is our time on the show, but this isn't your first time watching the Sarah Connor Chronicles, right? No. No. I watched it when it originally aired. Um, I think I have said in feedback before that I had never seen Terminator before. And I can't uh, remember exactly if I watched the movies in preparation to watch the show or if i watched the movies like during the run of the show something like that um i can't remember exactly but uh i basically watched it because a couple of my favorite podcasters were doing a podcast and so i was like okay i'll watch it yeah. did you time travel um yes okay let's put it that way can't really talk about that um <laughs> Who was it that didn't? Who, who, which one was it that didn't quite watch uh, Terminator Three? I remember That's somebody like. That's was me. Uh, <laughs> you're the one. I'm the one. I still haven't quite uh, of course, watched of course. it. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. Yeah. We're about a month away from Genesis. Ooh. Yay! I just I just saw some clips they released today. And one of them was oh, yeah. of uh, Kyle Reese going through the mall, and I was so excited because it's like shot-for-shot shot remake. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw some of that yeah, with like, uh, you, Amelia Clark. Well, not, guys, I have no idea what uh, this is about, so... Well, <laughs> before before she gets there, I mean, it's just Kyle Reese. He goes into the, the department store, and the cops are chasing him like normal. Yeah. And it's Jai Courtney or whatever the guy's name is. And it's like the same shot from the back, and then he like scoots along the floor in the same way, and then he like he passes by some shoes, he picks them up, holds them up to his foot, then he runs off screen, and he like goes into the photo booth, and you see the night come down, and the velcro go go across. I was like, ah, it's exactly the same. They should um, in the theater. They should show the first movie side by side with the second one <laughs> when they do that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I got a question to ask you guys. You got, do you ever watch those Watch Mojo top ten lists on YouTube? No. Okay. Well, they, never mind. They did top ten female action heroes, and Sarah Connor got number three. Oh. And number two. Which Sarah Connor was it? Just I don't know, right? Okay. Just all of them. And number. I was say if it was Cersei, then. Huh. <laughs> number two was Beatrix Kiddo, and number one was Ellen Ripley. Do we agree with this? <laughs> I can I, don't, I can't argue strongly against it, but yeah, those three <laughs> should probably be the top ones mm. somewhere in there. What yeah. are the other two from? <laughs> Ellen Ripley's from Alien, and okay. uh, I haven't seen it. Be- Beatrix Kiddo is from Kill Bill. Okay, I haven't seen either. Maybe one. Sarah Connor above Beatrix yeah. Kiddo. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with Ellen Ripley as number one though. Yeah, <laughs> she's like the prototype for the model. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today we are here to discuss episode nine, What He Beheld. The last episode they completed before the writer's strike. 
par the last episode that was written before the strike. So in no way was it was it intended to be the last of the season, but did they go yeah. back and rewrite a little bit to make it seem? I was wondering if that, but I didn't see anything that indicated they made any kind of changes to it. Mm. They could have. Did could anybody have get a chance to watch the commentary? Yes. No. So for nothing in the commentary. There's an there's an audio commentary for this episode, but uh, yeah. I have not yeah. heard it. They didn't say anything to. They just said that they were lucky that yeah. they ended on this episode because it was in a been a good episode to end on. So that expl- that explosion was always planned. That that they didn't throw that in when they found out that would be the last episode. As far as I know, hmm. they could have changed and just never never made any kind of statement. Yep. But they um. They say that they were worried about how they were going to try to, <laughs> you know, come back from this, you know, come up with something, mm. how to go forward after this, and have it make sense. Without Summer Glow on the show anymore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this episode originally aired sometime in 2008. I forgot to write the date. Um, it was March. I was actually just looking at it. Um, it was March... Third, I was looking because the writer's strike went until February 12th, so it is very possible that they did fit, like change the ending slightly. Yeah. It's directed by Mike Roll, who's directed episodes of shows like Smallville and Kyle XY Reaper. And it was written by Ian Goldberg, who's a producer on Once Upon a Time. Ratings were 8.29 million, which is up about 300,000. Can y'all hear Reese running around? A little, a little jingle, bit. but not much. It's it's not bad. <laughs> Cops are after him. <laughs> he was barking at the neighbors, and I got mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He's yeah. been through a lot. We should give him a, <laughs> give him a break. So the commentary was by Josh Friedman, Ian Goldberg, Summer Glau, and... Brian Austin Green. I wrote down Derek Russell for some reason. I was thinking about Derek Russell. He is one of the hosts of the Sky Next podcast, but <laughs> Brian Austin Green. <laughs> and they, were say, they said on the commentary that the recap for this episode was about as long as the rest of the series. It was, they had something from just about every previous episode. <laughs> so it begins on Judgment Day, April 21st, 2011. And you see little Kyle and little Derek playing ball. <laughs> And Sarah almost ruins this moment by doing her voiceover. <laughs> uh, I know. And I can really, like, you know, as we get along, I mean, it didn't bother me at first, but now her accent, there's certain, and I think it's just because I'm attuned to it, like, there's certain words, especially in her voiceover, because she's not there to act on top of it, that just really, I'm like, oh, <laughs> stop it. She talks about how something about when John was young, he would sleep, how he would sleep, and how she wants to freeze time or something. And little Kyle finally hits a ball and thinks he hears fireworks, but it's actually missiles going overhead. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know how they would ever survive standing out in the open like that. <laughs> so that's how they celebrate. I kind of love the image of the missiles going overhead slowly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it looks more ominous than it really is, I guess. They said this little kid was a really good hitter. They had to get him to miss the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that Claire Danes and uh, what's his face are off in that bomb shelter right then. Uh, wait a minute. 
from T3. Yeah, I know. I was trying to figure out how to reconcile the timelines. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to try. <laughs> um, so back in the future, like, no, this is the present, but it's the future also, isn't it? <laughs> oh, time travel. I know. <laughs> Somebody's playing Halo in an internet cafe, and Sarah and Cameron are there to meet with Sarkissian to get the Turk, and some guy, I just called him Dorkface, thought some to get their money, and who turns out later to be the real Sarkissian, but I'm just going to call him Dorkface for now. And they go to to try to find fake, well, I'm just going to call him Sarkisian. Not Dorkface? Yeah. But Dorkface is, um, he plays, he's the guy who does Dr. Venture on the Venture Brothers. Okay. Really? Carter, yeah. Wow. They mentioned it on the commentary, you know, there's Dr. Venture. That's awesome. Outside in the car, Derek and John are having a funny conversation about why they're waiting outside. <laughs> It's one of my quotes. Hey, okay. <laughs> it's one of my belt. You have it. John talks about Moore's Law, and that's why they can go from chess computer to apocalypse in four years. They that, is that a real thing? Yeah, Moore's Law is real. And they mentioned Moore, um, the founder of Intel. And I contracted Intel. And I remember a few weeks ago, there was a day, I guess they were celebrating Moore's Law, and there were these posters, there were these signs of, like, Facts and pictures of the Moore guy, like all over the building and <laughs> the cafeteria. And it's like, damn, I must work at a tech company since they talk about Moore's Law, but I didn't even realize that he was one of the founders of Intel. So Derek says a lot can happen in four seconds and how they just went underground after the bombs hit. Where did they go? Their basement? That shouldn't work. They went to the sewers. Subway. Derek tells him a little bit about Daddy Kyle. I guess he didn't let Kyle in on the fact that first that machines had taken over. The commentary, they said there was a little subplot that they had to take out about the little kids being chased around the tunnels, and someone said it made her cry. (laughs) And Sarah and John get an IM. Sarah and Cameron get an IM about the Turk and they get another message saying they need to bring 500000 to a certain place. They ain't got that kind of money, but Sarah has a plan. So this dude, this dude, was he... When did we first hear of him? I was, it seemed like he came out of nowhere. He kind of did, didn't he? Who? Like the the guy... Yeah. Uh, he, um, well, there was a few episodes back where they got the name from the dancer of who they sold, the, the dancer and her brother who they sold the Turk to. Okay. The ballet teacher. I mean. Yeah. So Sarah can come up with like ridiculous amounts of money very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was Derek's money, wasn't it? Yeah, well. Yeah, the, the diamonds. <laughs> I think the diamonds would have lasted longer than that. Diamonds are worth a lot of money, are they not? Maybe they had to pawn them. Even for little ones. Yeah. They had lots of them. <laughs> Allison goes to see Charlie. It's been eight years since they've seen each other, apparently. And they look a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> so Ellis is talking about the rapture and quoting the book of Revelation. Y'all remember a few weeks ago I said that was my favorite part of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> when they were talking about it, I was thinking about this episode. That always just makes me think of Johnny Cash, which yeah. later. I love that. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. I was tempted to just read Revelation <laughs> 6 right now. <laughs> I'll read that on my own later. You're scary. I was going to say, you, you should just read it out loud. <laughs> yeah, you have, the, you have the voice for it, Will. Yes, yeah, seriously. And I saw and behold. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> scary! <laughs> That's just why he podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to release one episode of me. This really <laughs> yeah, we should, take, we should take a week off because, like, you know, in between seasons, and that's what you should do and scare. And you people, should, yeah, yeah, you scare should just uh, release you reading The Raven or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, is, there a, is there a Terminator tie in novel? You could, like, just read the novel. Yeah, I'm sure there are some. I know they're comic books. Uh, Ellison tells uh, Charlie that he's seen some things. I've seen some things and <laughs> heard some things. And thinks Charlie knows that Sarah's alive and where she, where he, sure she is. And he might be be believing what some of the stuff that Sarah was saying. And Charlie's like, "Well, she would love to hear you say this." And he's so gullible. Ah, <laughs> oh, Charlie. <laughs> Isn't he? Like, it's just like, oh yeah, like okay, I'll go tell her right away. <laughs> Little puppy dog. It's the perfect boyfriend. <laughs> but that she's not dating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that she's not dating. I totally agree with her later. Like, okay, so he came to you. Now you run to me. Hello. <laughs> I know. Nobody watching you. Charlie tells Ellison what he told the other guy that he didn't know anything. The other guy is Cromarty undercover. But I did notice that Charlie reacted when Ellison mentioned Skynet. That should have been a hint to Ellison, maybe. Mm. So, yeah, the guy that plays Ellison, Richard T. Jones, is a religious guy. And, um, he called them on the set this day to correct something they got wrong about the quote from the Book of Revelation. Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds like what Ellison would do, the character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. It's a pale horse, not a white horse. A white horse, not a pale horse, I mean. Yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody else rides the white horse, I think. Yeah. Death. Alright. Uh, Death rides the pale horse. Uh, one of the other ones rides the white horse. I can't remember like which that. one, though. You should know, Will. This is your favorite part. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Some guys pull up to Carlos's house, and our favorite Chola is there. She still doesn't say anything. How does I'm, she so, I'm so excited to see her. <laughs> she was, it was, it, it's in the look. It's just in the look, Matt. <laughs> Yeah. They talk, they were talking about how much they love her on the commentary and they shoehorned her into this episode just to have her. Thank really? you. Yeah. She should have been leaning against the car. Yeah. I'm really happy the camera didn't kill her. Yeah. <laughs> the leader guy's looking for Sarah, who's the fake Sarkissian guy. Uh, he, Carlos says he doesn't know, but Sarkissian knows that Sarah knew Uncle Enrique. I have a note about something they were watching on TV. Did y'all notice what they were watching? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, no. I didn't know what it was. So he, Sarkisian doesn't think Sarah killed Enrique, but now Sarah wants something that he has, and there's some gunfire, and Sarkisian pulls out that sword and kills one of Carlos's guys. Get the information about where Sarah is. That's why you don't keep a sword around. <laughs> Ooh, I have a sword on. <laughs> on my wall. Oh. I have a sword oh. Because I was really thinking, I'm like, who keeps a sword on their wall? <laughs> I do. People with a death wish. 
people I, I podcast does, with. <laughs> does anybody else have a sword in the world besides me and Will? No, we're not that crazy. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Y'all Wait, have you're fun Canadian. With that. <laughs> they probably don't let you have swords in Canada, right? <laughs> I don't yeah, that's know. just guns. They have they have swords aplenty. Sword. They just don't keep it on their walls. They keep it under their beds. Sword control laws <laughs> strict up there. What kind of sword My you got? Will? Uh, it's this. Uh, you know, long claw from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's a replica of that. Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. Mine's so, a- <laughs> anyway. What kind? Uh, mine's a British heavy cavalry sword. It's like uh, the sword that Sean Bean used when he was playing a character called Sharp. <laughs> On sharp rifles. Ah. I have a sonic screwdriver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have so many weapons. Did they have Bavarian steel? <laughs> well, it's you really better nice. hope that you know. You better hope that people just don't come to your house and use them against you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be the one using it against them. Dang okay, right. that's what this I guy probably... probably thought. <laughs> just saying. Probably thought all like probably picked it up. Twice in the time I've had it. <laughs> so you're you're an expert. I'm an expert at it. <laughs> awesome. Apparently they had they cut out a long sword monologue. It was this guy's audition scene where they cut it out. They said they like to have guests come on and give these long, long monologues. <laughs> <laughs> you could use it to kill a spider with though, so it's good for that. Yeah, yeah. Babylon Fire reference. <laughs> <laughs> so this fake Sark guy, he they. He was on EastEnders. Uh, they said he's a really nice guy and was just really excited to be on the WB lot because it was a lifelong dream of his, and he called his mom when he arrived on the lot. <laughs> he always dreamed of being on the WB. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went on a on a backstage studio tour there, so he could have just done that. I mean... <laughs> Did you yeah. see that frog? No, no, uh, frog. Racist frog. frog. No, it's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He used to be racist. <laughs> he used to be slightly racist. Come on now. Yep. Yeah. I like chicken. <laughs> hey now. WB was an awesome network. Yes, it was. Frog. <laughs> so Charlie goes to visit um, Sarah and tell them about Ellison. She's like, "Y'all kill us, let them right here," and if. One of the Terminators come after her, then we're dead. And she thinks Charlie and his wife should go. I wrote down Joe, because I don't know, it sounded like Sarah called John Joe, referred to John as Joe, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> you must have missed her things. Yeah. Uh, or maybe she made a mistake and they, I don't know, I guess they would have caught it. A little bit of British slipping in there. But after here is where the opening credits start. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a long, long time until the opening credits on this show. I I noticed that. It was pretty crazy. It's like, oh, we're 25 minutes in. No, it's not quite bad on It's almost like they forgot. They're like, yeah. uh, oh, oh, right. We forgot something. Let's put them in. It really like is on the show. It's like, yeah, it's like they forgot. And they're like, oh, well, we got to stick this somewhere. We'll just put them in now because I don't feel like rewinding. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the Connors are talking about selling the diamonds. They only have about half um, of what they need. And Cameron says, so negotiate. On the commentary, Josh Friedman said he was obsessed with diamonds. So that's probably how they got into the show. And he learned a lot about them. Yeah. Diamonds are a director's best friend. <laughs> 
Brian Austin Green said he learned a lot about them when he bought his engagement ring for his fiance. Oh, uh, is, he about, is he talking about what's her name? Must be. That he's not with anymore. That's like, you know, that talk about like, you know, time travel and like dating yourself. Never, yeah. I mean, if you're in Hollywood, just never admit to whoever you're married to because you don't know. In five years, who knows? I can't remember her name right now. Um, Megan. Megan Fox, okay. okay. You were blocking it out on purpose. Yeah, seriously, for good reason. I could see her face, but I couldn't remember her name. I'm sorry, you could see her face. <laughs> Sarah and Derek here go to the meetup location. He loves food courts. I used to love food courts too. Me too. I but still do. Don't. You still do? I still love food courts. I'm trying to think. What's the last time I went to a real mall? I went like two weeks ago. Never mind. I went to the, <laughs> <laughs> I went to the food court. Yeah, that's right. I got cookies. So, yeah, when the uh, resistance fighters arrive, they spend a whole day at a mall and they all puke later. And Sarah sees I want to so see that. I wish we'd seen that. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, not the puking, just them enjoying <laughs> the mall and the food court. The food. I want to see these future people enjoy <laughs> this kind of thing. It's, uh, so yeah, they leave when they like see a the police. Version of ball threat. <laughs> yeah. Sarkissian is in their house when they leave. He wants two million not to turn her in. They're saying in the commentary, they're talking about how Derek was just staring and not um, blinking when <laughs> just looking at Sarkisian and how they're saying, that, you know, you got two crazy people and who's crazier, Derek or Sarah? It was just going to be a contest of who's the more, who it went out, <laughs> went out crazy. Derek pulls a gun on Sarkisian. I started calling him Sark, which made me miss Aliens. <laughs> Feels. <laughs> Sark is uh, gonna call the FBI. His men are gonna call the FBI if he doesn't come out in ten minutes. <laughs> Who who's the actor who plays him? He looks familiar to me. Sark is in. I didn't write his name down. He's kind of. Hmm, I didn't notice anything that you know, nothing stood out. He's British. Yeah, he's a British guy. He um, yeah, his people are watching Derek. Yeah, I think. Just people are watching John, sorry, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, I think Derek was close to mentioning cameras. Is that what Sarah stopped him from saying? Because she was like, people don't know what they're going, getting into, something like that. They're getting into a trunk. <laughs> and uh, Sarah has 24 hours to get the money, and Derek's going to follow him. And we see somebody watching Sarkissian leave, who I'm assuming is Chola watching them. Yeah. The car. Yeah. She followed them there. I noticed the walls um, in the house looked like they needed some work, like paper or something. I don't know. You're such a critic. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. <laughs> just found the abandoned house in Netballer trying to fix it up. So John and Cameron are at the Science Museum. <laughs> and I noticed John's lip gloss he had on. <laughs> what? I didn't notice. It looked like he, yeah. Anyway. He just had a stick. He just had sweaty lips. Okay. <laughs> There's a sum in the corner of his mouth that looked like he was drooling a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the food. Been... He was in the food court. He was salivating. Uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Buy it. Why not? Camera notices how quiet uh, John's. I keep calling John Derek for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Because it's his birthday, and I guess he thinks Sarah forgot. Last year she got him a. Black jacket. 
camera thinks that's a tight gift. <laughs> oh God, not with the tight again. I love it. Uh, that's, that's tight. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the commentary, Josh Friedman said, like, "Oh, I so didn't want to do a birthday episode for John because it's two Terminator nine oh two one oh and Brian Austin Green's like, hey, 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 now no. <laughs> he kind of tried to like, oh, I know what I mean, was kind of backtracking a little bit." <laughs> Cameron wonders if she has a birthday, a born on date. Yeah. Mm. I mean, this whole, like, am I a human Pinocchio kind of business is, I get it, I get it, I understand. But I like when they don't touch on it as much. <laughs> Morris interrupts them, and when he's talking to John, Cameron notices one, a weird-looking guy. It's one of the dudes that busted up Carlos's place. Sarkisian's man. She starts to follow him, but her teacher stops him and... She gives that guy a look. <laughs> the death stare, I guess. So outside, Cameron tells Morris that she killed a guy and stuffed him in the trunk. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome, yeah. It looked like he believed her for a sec, then he like thought she was joking. Yeah. <laughs> she asked, uh, he asked her to the prom, and she says yes, and Cameron and John leave. Ellison is writing the name that Cromartie is using. Was it Kester or something like that? Yeah. Yep. And see the picture, and Ellison recognizes him as Laszlo. George Laszlo. <laughs> Cromartie gets the files on the Sarah Connor case, but Ellison. Oh, he goes to get them, but Ellison has them. And thanks the guy for his time. And Ellison gets on the elevator, and he barely misses Cromartie. I love the Terminator music that. They always play. Mm-hmm. So back home, Cameron's explaining that the dead guy was following them. He was a threat. <laughs> and there's another one of my quotes coming up. <laughs> and I mean, this thing, yeah. Derek comes back. He's lost or kissing. He wants to go, but John doesn't want to run. And when the dead guy's phone rings, Cameron pretends to be him. I think this is the first time we've seen Cameron do this trick, right? Uh... Maybe. The voice trick? Yeah, uh, we've seen her do it before. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the pilot episode where. Uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's right. Pretending to be John, I think. It's the other Terminator who's pretending to be Sarah or something. <laughs> yeah, correct, yeah that's right. Marty. And they get a knock on the door. It's Chola. She takes them to see Sark at the cafe. Yeah. So how how do we think she conveyed her information? <laughs> It's like she just walked towards the car and they just knew they sneaked to Yeah, her. it was just like the sulk. There was just a sulk and kind of like a glare and like a eye roll and yeah. I mean, that's all you need, really. Right. This girl stood up on my doorstep. I'd follow her. Uh, <laughs> so would I. Especially if she had a bloody real. shirt. Yeah. I think she's trying to tell us something. <laughs> what are you trying to say, girl? What is a girl? <laughs> what is a girl? What is a girl? Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Okay. Huh? What? No, nothing. I just left something on the stove and I just smelt it. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, I tried to make tea and I burned all my water away. So now my pan is like really, really like. Okay. Anyway, I'm fine. We can go on. Oh. Um. <laughs> She, yeah, Sarah slams a uh, dark face into the table, his face into the table. Mm-hmm. 
and I find Sark who runs and hides. Send John to check the office for the Turk and Cameron breaks through the wall. And in the office, John finds a little girl who's waiting for her daddy to finish work. <laughs> Poor girl. She was really yeah. cute. So, the, so you see she has a red backpack in this scene, and I guess it was a popular fan theory that people thought the Turk was in that backpack. What? <laughs> it's going to show up later, I guess. But okay. That's a little I, bit much. I kind of wish that, that fix a tracking guy actually had turned out to be your dad. I almost kind of think that would be more interesting. Now it would be like Kill Bill where she sees her mother die and she want to come get revenge later. <laughs> so John tells her to stay in there at the door closed and they break into the room Sark was in, but he's gotten away and Sarah sees a video feed of him approaching John from behind. So they all kind of converge and Sark has a gun on John and Derek has a gun on the little girl. Not my kid. Not mine either. <laughs> Derek must be the best shot in the world because he shoots Sark in the head. Yeah, really. He was risking a lot there. Yeah. Paid yeah, off, though. Yeah. I was surprised that nobody, like, chewed him out for that risky move. <laughs> he worked. <laughs> Change his pants first. but <laughs> Seriously. Apparently, the little girl actress was given the option of not being in the scene when the gun was fired, but she said she had to be there, but what? Still don't see her. you still don't see her when they shoot the gun. Wait, that's really messed up. Who made that decision? She did? The little girl she's did. Too, she's too young to make that decision. Where are her parents? <laughs> oh. Just, yeah. They're in the gift shop or whatever. <laughs> on the Warner Brothers lot. <laughs> She's not actually an actress. She actually was a girl that just happened to be there waiting for a dad to finish work. She's like, I want to oh. see. That's terrible. <laughs> They're in the gift shop buying a Gilmore Girls mug. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, you didn't cast her? <laughs> no. Buying a doll of that frog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So the girl confirms it wasn't her daddy. Her daddy works in the cafe. They get Sark's hard drive and leave. Chola takes them back home. Cameron's like, I'm not gonna have to kill you. Why is she threatening she, to kill her? Poor thing. Cause she knows. She knows stuff. I don't know that she's threatening. She's just thinking out loud. <laughs> she's sort of wondering. But you know, she's Chola's like, Chola's like, fine, kill me, see if I care. <laughs> I hate you anyway. She said that with her eyes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And Cameron but thinks like, they're such good friends. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what my note said. They are totally friends. Yeah. <laughs> I know. She also thought that suicidal girl was, you know, her friend. Right, exactly. Cameron, poor thing. She doesn't know about the girl code. (laughs) Well, she might give her a tight (laughs) present, so. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Not going to ask what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Chola got revenge for her people that died. So, Ellison is talking about Cromarty with Agent Simpson. The blood that doesn't match Laszlo's blood, so this guy must be, this fake agent must be an impersonator. He's a good liar. He's a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> They're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, but it was awesome. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna go get Cromarty, Kessler, whatever. John's having trouble accessing Sarkissian's hard drive. It's going to take him a while to get the rest of the information. Sarah keeps touching him. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Sarah touching anyone is creepy. Yeah, I agree. 
<laughs> Sarah Lee's Derek takes John out for his birthday. Cool Uncle Derek. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this scene. Buy him some beer. You should have taken the beer. Yeah, I know, right? What kind of kid is this? <laughs> oh yeah, he's the savior of the world. Never mind. <laughs> I, no- I noticed. I noticed uh, Kyle immediately when they went to the park. I was like, "That's Kyle." <laughs> See, I yeah. noticed the kid, but I was just kind of like, I wasn't really thinking about it. So I was like, "Oh, he looks like. <laughs> he just looks like him, you know? Like it's just reminiscent." But of course not. Mm-hmm. They watch on the bench uh, young Kyle and Derek play ball, and John hands the ball off his little daddy. <laughs> his That's baby daddy. That's <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think it's his daddy, but all right. Future daddy. Uh, and it, it was a cute scene. I liked it. Yeah, yeah that's was great. And, uh, I mean, and uh, like Derek wasn't even weirded out by seeing himself. <laughs> like. <laughs> He was he was too Jesus. busy being emotional. <laughs> he just like screwed up the whole space. I know. Yeah, exactly. I was I was waiting to just like see some sparks fly and like you know. Well, it's because they didn't touch each other. Oh, they touched, they touched the ball. They both were touching the ball. <laughs> Kaboom! Well, either way, I love this scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Thomas Decker makes me cry when his eyes like well up and you know, just nose start doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. You that know, and great. I yeah, I mean, I don't really care for emo kid acting. Um, I thought he did really well in this scene. Yeah, I thought it was uh, kind of it was interesting that they uh, they had Derek. Uh, they revealed that Derek basically already knew. Yeah, you've had this arc up to now of Derek not knowing. They thought that he yeah. didn't know that he was the uncle. That's interesting. Like, he just figured it out on his own. Yeah. You look like, you look like him. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird that the first time he meets his daddy, he's, he's like eight years old. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> oh, and I guess the big clue, the big clue is the way uh, his little brother was always uh, creeping out over that picture, right? I think that's what he says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The picture of Sarah Connor. <laughs> Your mom with his type. <laughs> so weird. Well, he probably does just like really look like him and sound like him. And I mean, he, I know he doesn't. He's a little just... kid. Like they, I thought they meant to look like him. You know. Yeah. Um, I know that he really doesn't because the actors who played him aren't actually related. But you know, like um, people can really resemble their fathers or other family members and. And sometimes even mannerisms, it seems like, are genetic. So, and you know, I mean, it's like Cersei doesn't look like uh, Linda Con- or Linda Hamilton. So, th- th- there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna let it go. <laughs> All right. In the commentary, they said while this scene was being filmed, just a few feet behind them. They were throwing stuntmen into a swimming pool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Or the next scene. Is it the next scene? Can we talk about it? Yes, but yeah, first thing you hear this song start playing, which oh my god, I love. I got chills when I heard the when I heard the song. When I first watched this episode, I had never heard the song, but I immediately recognized the voice and this song just made this scene like a hundred million times better. <laughs> like anything from Johnny Cash makes this scene better. 
Yeah, I agree. It was so mm-hmm. good. Every- so Ashley has some. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I really liked the scene too, but I didn't like uh, how they all fell into the pool. <laughs> obviously obviously what you guys were doing wasn't working so stop coming at him from that angle (laughs) (laughs) it very intentionally threw the ball he was trying to be yeah he was he was playing basketball or something Mm -hmm. so the song is the man comes around and it's from johnny cash i actually have facts about the song (laughs) it's from his america 4 album from 2002 and it was one of the last songs he wrote before he died really it's interesting the first place i ever heard the song was uh the first place i ever heard the song was from the beginning of the dawn of the dead remake there's a it's basically used as the title theme for the for that movie which is kind of interesting yeah i think they said he had re-recorded it for this album and has a lot of biblical references the intro and outro are from the book of revelation and some other stuff from the book of Revelation, many other passages from the Bible, and I just love it. I used to, you know, be really into Last FM and just looking at my stats, it's definitely the song I've listened to the most by far over the past, what, seven years since this episode came out. Mm-hmm. I could listen to it like four or five times in a row. I'm <laughs> tired of it. So anyway, <laughs> the agents arrive at the motel Cromartie is staying in he's in on a computer and Charlie hears some chatter on the radio about Kester and decides he needs to go check it out in his ambulance and then I was like no Charlie's gonna die I know I was just waiting for someone to die Ellison or Charlie I was like someone's gonna die no maybe if it was actually a season finale did they know I forget did we say did they know no oh yeah you said they didn't strike was I mean, but they didn't think that this would be their, the end of their season. Mm. <laughs> when the agents, agents arrive at Cromartie's room, they are slaughtered, pretty much. We don't see much of the confrontation, but we do see the pool. Yeah, they just, one of them goes in the door and gets blown out into the pool. Yeah. So am I to believe that they just went in one after another, through the door, got blown into the pool? <laughs> Uh, Cromartie just took him out. And... Cromartie's an artist. Yeah, he figured that was a good place to dispose of him. Painting a picture there. Yeah. I was wondering if there was anybody else staying in this motel while this is going on. What happened to them? Yeah, <laughs> they stayed in their dang rooms. That's what people do when people start oh, right. to get under <laughs> the bed and don't move. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to start singing. I sent you a link, Will. Okay. Oh, my phone is in airplane mode. Um. <laughs> on, on Facebook. Okay. It's, um, for, it's for later. Okay. <laughs> later when I get to enjoy my Bible porn. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, when And you read it out loud, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah uh, so. It'll be a bonus episode of what we make. Yeah, they said in the commentary that a lot of people, I guess they mean the powers that be or the production people, maybe didn't want them to use this song because they thought it was too up-tempo, but I think it worked Mm, perfectly. Yeah, it did. That's great. Afterwards, um, Ellison is the last one left. Cromarty points a gun at him but doesn't shoot. Why? I hate these Terminators with their long cons. (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe he has an important part to play for Skynet in the future. That's well, right. He has like a non-kill order on him. Yeah, but then you would he think could. he would you wouldn't consider killing him for so long. He'd be like, oh, I'm not supposed to kill that guy, and he would just walk away. He like he was about to kill him, and he's like he thought better of it. He's like, nah, I'll let you live. Well, that's when the that's when the little uh, image on his screen came up and was like, oh no, can't kill that it one. Took him, it took him that. You no, know, their brains don't work like ours. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was cruel to let him live. Uh, so, well, so at like, this point, <laughs> at this point, I uh, flashbacked to the Skynet days and was just saying, "Run, Allison, run!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, too late to run. Yeah, he was getting, she was trying to put ammo on his gun when Cromartie was approaching him, I guess. <laughs> I guess he's just like, fuck it, there's nothing I can, this is not good. <laughs> I'm just going to try any, I'm just going to go down shooting. So the next is Sarah's voiceover. And on the commentary, uh, Josh Friedman said that he regretted putting this voiceover in here. <laughs> it is, oh, don't forget Charlie, uh, don't forget Charlie in the ambulance here, and this is going Oh, yeah, Charlie... Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, Charlie arrives and sees Cromarty leave. And I love the music that was playing here. Bear McCreary score yeah. at this point. Finds Ellison. Yeah, just at, at first, because he's like kneeling down, I thought that he was dying or something. I was a little yeah. bit concerned, but I mean, I just love the actors. Both, look at their, both of their faces was kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Josh Friedman said he didn't realize just how powerful this moment was by itself, so he should have left. This is the only voiceover he regretted putting in. Um, <laughs> yeah, whenever, the- whenever there's a choice, <laughs> leave. Yeah, that's what I've said. Whenever there's a choice, leave it out. She said something about the Lord of the Flies, you know, um, like losing Ennis oh, later. Which is a terrible book that you should not have to read in seventh grade. <laughs> I know, right? It's gardening. Yeah. <laughs> Terribly awesome. Yeah, it's just like Bambi and all those like really dark Disney tales. I don't know what people were thinking. <laughs> you know, I mean, I want to maintain my innocence a little bit more than like the age of like six. It's just yes. not fair. Yeah, it's in thirteen. Grade, I was highly disturbed. I, was I know. Like, I was hormonal. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're giving me this to read. What are you trying to do? Just give me ideas. <laughs> nope. So, yeah, Ellison's kneeling down over a dead Agent Simpson. And Sarah's saying something about how the kids in Lord of the Flies weep for the end of innocence and the darkness in men's hearts or something like that. Oh, wow. So, apparently, yeah. She, they weren't the only ones. <laughs> so, Catherine Dent, who played Agent Simpson, apparently she was on the set this day when they shot the scene and didn't know she was about to die. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my god, yeah. that's terrible. Because I guess apparently at some point they had cut a few pages out of the script, I guess, to keep things secret, and she never read the final version, so she was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to die, <laughs> she found out, and then um, Josh Freak was on the set, and somebody like whispered to him, she just found out she's about to die. <laughs> she was like, oh... <laughs> goes through the, the levels of grief the stages of grief yeah <laughs> I loved her on the shield but not this show who at home John's working on the hard drive Sarkisian's hard drive that they got and um yeah he tells Sarah that he and Derek went to get ice cream he lies for Derek that's true they did yep that's not all he's lying by omission 
<laughs> yeah, I wonder why he didn't tell her that he knows, you know? I didn't... They have to keep secrets. I know. I, I just... I hate when people do that. I'm like, there's no <laughs> yeah. reason to keep it the secret. It's one of my pet peeves. Oh, can you imagine Sarah going after Kyle, like, when he turns, like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. Stop! <laughs> he turns 18. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so weird. It'll be too late by then. Yeah, it would be. It would be. But she has to realize that. that he is alive, and I wonder if, like, she had, she ever thinks about it. Yeah, about uh, going after okay. the little kid. <laughs> going just to say no, hi. just to be like to see her. What was he like, baby daddy? Uh, baby daddy yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> just to be like, yo, <laughs> you're gonna score big, kid. <laughs> One of these days, you're gonna. Oh, maybe that's why. Maybe he sees her when he's young, and he like develops like the you know childlike kind of like oh like infatuation with her, and that's what yeah. carries over into when he's older. Maybe that's the reason. I'm gonna maybe. find a way to go back in time so that we're the same age. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna hit that. <laughs> I'm gonna create this guy. So what do we think's gonna happen to Cameron? She blew up. I don't think the glob out's out. I think, but she's gonna take serious fixing, and I figure that's how John will cut his teeth on developing some of this tech. Well, I mean, she at worst she's just gonna have no skin. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't she grab Maybe, a bunch of extra skin? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she left by, behind a manual. In the Maybe. case of my, um, you know, demise, this is how you, you know, recreate me. <laughs> I'll have to find another one of those scientist guys to, like, fill up a tub with goo. Nah, me, nah. I like the line about sending Cameron out to get ice cream so that she was on her way when she got blown up. <laughs> I just love their delight in, like, in John's delight when he says, um, he sent her out to go get cake. And he's, like, just the expression on his face, the thought of her going to get cake. Oh. <laughs> And then, I'm gonna go get some ice cream when we finish this. <laughs> ice cream's always good. <laughs> cake, yeah. yeah, it was cake. Okay. Ice cream, it yeah, it was. Cream. There's ice cream, cake, and Sarah's non-cooking mentioned in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and she actually smiled and was happy and like a normal human being for once. For like, do we two know what seconds. you got? Do we know what his present is this year? A blown up, found out. a blown up um, robot. <laughs> um, yeah, there was one part in the commentary earlier that when Derek was staring that guy down, they were saying that they wanted more Cameron Derek stare down. But someone's like, no, 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 I don't have to eat any more pancakes. <laughs> so it's not just him, not just yeah. us. So, yeah, so when Cromarty was leaving the motel earlier, they um, said that they tried to dress him in black like Johnny Cash. And this scene, <laughs> they said that. Cameron was dressed a little like Johnny Cash and a little like Arnold. He did have kind of a Western shirt on. So when you see a close-up of a key in a TV show, you know that's trouble, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're focusing way too much on this process of starting the car. <laughs> so that's the and that wasn't With Dr. Venture hand. walking away. Yeah, dark face. And the car explodes. And then you hear... Is this where you hear Johnny Cassidy and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts? Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. 
It said that 22 agents went to Cromartie's hotel. That's how many witnesses saw Cromartie and the pilot shoot up the school. Yeah. Yeah. What's significant about that number? Nothing. <laughs> Every there weren't 22 people in the pool. Yeah. Apparently they wanted Garrett Dillahunt to play Cromarty in the pilot, but I guess there was something odd about the audition or whatever. And Fox wanted him to redo it, but either he couldn't or wouldn't come back to redo it. He might have been doing John in Cincinnati at that point. <laughs> he does make a really good Terminator, I think. Still out there. Yeah, I just saw him. I'm catching up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I just saw him on that. And I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> it's George! <laughs> George. So do we have any quotes? I, I only have one. I do too. But it's it's yours, Will. <laughs> that's, oh. I got, that's a tight present. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Malik. I have two. I have a backup. I only have that one. Okay. <laughs> Giving it to Heidi. Go for it. Remind me again, why are the boys out here and the girls in there? Because one of the boys is still wanted for murder, and one of the girls is harder than nuclear nails. Yeah, and the <laughs> other one's a cyborg. <laughs> Snap. That was good. But um, that's Cameron, he was a threat to us. John, did he say anything? A name? A location? Cameron. He said very little, and then he was quiet. (laughs) Oh, I guess I have one. Um, Well, it's James Ellison um, quoting the book of Revelations. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. And I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death. And hell, he followed him with him. (laughs) Da-dun-dun-dun-dun. (laughs) <laughs> do you have any others oh. <laughs> I would listen to that song tonight you can click my link and listen to it I don't have any I don't have any quotes alright so who is our badass of the week hmm. what's your name Chala Chola Chala Chola. Chola, yeah. <laughs> Chola. She's pretty badass. badass however, however she, she yeah, however she relayed all that information without speaking, that makes her. <laughs> that's actually true. I mean, that's pretty some hard work, you know. <laughs> so Chola, uh, for me, all right. <laughs> or, I'd go or for t- 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 Tiny Kyle Reese. <laughs> tiny uh, Kyle Reese. Yes, he's he's the hitter. Tiny Kyle. I gotta go with uh, Derek for his little uh, move there with the kid, being like he's gonna comfort the kid, and then all of a sudden he's shooting the guy in the head. That was pretty badass. Mm, I think I was still low with Chola. Yeah, because he was just bad. That was just mean. <laughs> little kid. Poor little girl. Poor John. Are you okay, little kid? Bam! <laughs> what if the kid, like, moved and accidentally bumped Derek and he shot John? I would have laughed. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, whoops. <laughs> Savior of mankind. My bad. Oh, don't really dead intro. Okay. So that's the rate to this bad boy. You would start us out, Heidi. Yes. Let's see. Um, 
I this isn't my favorite of the first season, but I really enjoy it. You Wait, can what was? kind of tell I can't remember right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um you can kind of tell that it wasn't written as a season finale up until like the very end. I mean, it yeah. it does hit some some really good moments and stuff, but but you can kind of tell that they were building still, and so it is a little awkward as a season finale. But um, but I do like the episode quite a bit. Um, I am going to give it a. Nine out of ten pools full of blood. <laughs> oh, it's close to my rating. <laughs> yeah. Close Different to mine, enough. too. Dangerously close. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Drano? Um, I, I agree with Heidi. Um, this, this Up until it got pretty close to the end, it felt kind of like a typical episode to me and, and maybe that's exactly what it was perhaps um, it, it, I, in a way it was kind of like this week's episode of Game of Thrones you know, felt typical right up until you get close to the end and then some major stuff goes down um, talking about the hard home episode for those listening <laughs> heck yeah <laughs> um, uh, so I will give it uh, 8 out of 10 FBI agents tossed in a pool. Uh, got oh, you, got you. That's, that's close, but not quite. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm okay. still going with mine. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Malika? You guys are too funny. <laughs> We're um, dancing around. I know. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear here as well. Um, so, I agree with um, both of you guys. I at the first I actually forgot this was the finale, and it just seemed like a regular episode. And then it got really, really good. And so I almost like wonder if they knew when they were like in post or what have you that this was, or not even post, but somewhere along shooting that it was going to be the finale. And um, anyway, it was just, it was really good. And I just, as soon as they started cueing that music, like I got chills and I love the scene with the bench and what, and the two boys. So I'm going to give it nine out of 10 pale horses. Ooh, I like it. Pale horses. Uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, I liked it. I'm starting to like Derek Reese a lot, just like his brother Kyle. And I like seeing Kyle <laughs> in this one. I like. Do you no, have a cousin named Derek? Or no. No. <laughs> I liked no nonsense. No, uh, no nonsense, Derek Reese. I like cool Uncle Derek Reese. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I'll give it a 8.5 out of 10. Daddy daycares. Oh. <laughs> But I love this episode, and I think ninety-five percent of it has to do with that song and that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I know it, yeah, it doesn't really feel like a finale for most of it, but you know, the two scenes I like the most are the bench scene and the motel shootout scene. And yeah, so I give it nine and a half out of ten. Agents floating in pools. Uh, uh. <laughs> Other half, it's an arm somewhere. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that just do feedback, shall we? Heidi, what's no, I'm kidding. <laughs> First email is from Danielson. <laughs> I'll read Daniel's email. Daniel says, Hey, chroniclers. Hey. <laughs> what would you do? 
Bye. <laughs> Sorry, that just sounded like you and your voices tonight. <laughs> hey, Chroniclers. Hi. <laughs> uh, Ellis, uh, wait, uh, <laughs> I skipped this first sentence. Uh, what would you do if you were just standing in the park one day and suddenly saw missiles streaking across the sky? I would salute you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the end. <laughs> nice knowing you, boys. Ellison is a terrible house guest. After Charlie lets him come into his home and drink his coffee, he starts spouting Bible verses which mean nothing to him. When I first watched the series, I really didn't get the reason for this religious dimension to Ellison's character. But looking at it now, I guess turning to his faith is supposed to be his way of trying to make some sense out of this crazy sci-fi world he has stumbled into. Oh, yeah, wasn't he praying when uh, Cromarty... Had the gun pointed at him. Was he? Yeah. Kind yeah of, and they also... An, a, another touch around religion was um, uh, Charlie's wife. It's a Catholic. Oh, yeah. 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 The cross. I'm not sure how fake Sarkisian found Sarah's house. The implication seems to be that he tortured Carlos with that sword until he squealed. But I wouldn't have thought Sarah would have ever took Carlos where she was staying for both their sakes. That's why I was kind of wondering. Why is he going to Carlos? I guess you didn't know. Sometimes I have wondered about... Something I have wondered about is whether or not it would have been a better format for this show if instead of just hiding around Los Angeles, the Connors were constantly on the move with every other week putting them in a new town so they could just travel all over the country following leads on the emergence of Skynet, evading the law and orchestrating attacks and missions against potential Skynet targets to stop Judgment Day. Mm Mm-hmm. At the end of most episodes, we could just see them getting back on the road heading somewhere else to beat the heat. Like Sam and, De- Sam and Dean Winchester meets the Incredible Hulk from the 80s. Wouldn't that have been cool? Yeah. Yeah. That does sound like an 80s show. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have seen Cameron trying to carry that dead thug's body out of the museum and stuff him in the trunk without any witnesses. <laughs> yeah. It was sort of cute to see Morris work up the nerve to ask Cameron to the prom. I want to see the scene where Cameron goes to the prom now. Oh, we won't get to see it. <laughs> Aw, I wonder if we would have. Yeah, that would have been awesome. And Derek probably would have asked his, um, his blonde friend, his name I can't remember. What do you make of Cameron giving the gun to Chola after asking her if she needs to kill her too? Apparently, uh, this is me talking, apparently a lot of people thought Cameron was giving it to her to kill herself or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure it's for protection. It was amazing how Derek was able to, in a split second, one shot fake Sarkissian in the head, not only before he could pull the trigger, but without even grazing John. I love John's face afterwards, though. He's not pissing himself because someone just had a gun to his head. He's pissed off that Derek resorted to bringing in that little girl. He tried <laughs> so hard to keep safe from this. <laughs> but it does make me wonder just how far Sarah would go. In the film, she couldn't bring herself to blow away Dyson, but... Would she do or condone something terrible, something horrible, if it meant saving John? If you aren't careful, you could take a lot of license when your self-declared mission is saving the future of the human race. That's probably not the kind of thing Fox would allow them to explore on a network show, though. I'm always somewhat disappointed we don't get to see more of the shootout between Cromartie and the FBI. It was artsy and stylistic, but I personally would have liked to see more of that fight. That would have been expensive. Yeah. <laughs> TV show budget. Yeah. Do you think there was any special reason why Cromartie left Ellison alive? 
Because this reason was cut short, because this season was cut short by the writer strike, I get the impression they added the ending with Cameron getting blown up by the car bomb afterwards, just so they'd have a cliffhanger for the episode that was now stuck as the season finale. For the newbies, where do you think the show is headed after this? And what sort of stuff would you be most interested in seeing the show explore from here on out? Uh, I think there's going to be like a shift in story that was unintentional because of the writer's strike. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe Cameron's going to be out of commission for a while because she has no skin and she has to hide. <laughs> uh no, she's been blown up, and they have to go on different missions to try and recover all her parts from <laughs> the four corners of the Earth. Um, maybe they're going to... Um, <clears throat> like, what's his name? Ellison and uh, and Charlie are going to... Are going to... Um, get you married. Know, yeah, are going to get married. <laughs> are going to team up and um, kind of, like, be there. I mean, not their... I don't know. They're just going to team up to, to help these guys. And then one of them is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Snake no. and Otacon. No. Yeah, but I think they're going to be brought back um, further into the fold because, you know, now they like really witness something that's absolutely crazy. And so Ellison will be brought back in. But, you know, I think that he and Charlie are going to work together or whatever. Do we have camera phones in 2008? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They saw it in the pilot, yeah. Um, the This one pushed the plot forward full speed ahead and had some really memorable lines and moments. I remember how much it sucked watching it during the original run on Fox and having to wait to see whether or not Cameron would return next season. I give it 8 out of 10 goth prom dresses for Cameron to try on. <laughs> Daniel's son. Oh, gosh. I really want to see that. Thank you, Daniel. All right, next email is from Ian and bam what's that um okay I'll take it what'd you say oh no you can okay go for it thank you okay hi chroniclers or we we could alternate words (laughs) (laughs) I am going to put a kibosh on that that requires too much organization and I'm not good at it so Mm. Okay. Hi, Chroniclers. Even though I'm away on family holiday, I'm making sure to grab enough time to feed back on season one's finale. It's such a short run series episodes. Milestones deserve no. This episode contains a lovely touching um, of <laughs> omens that slicks my mind from the whole T- TSCC. I'm taking talking, of course, at the moment where Derek gives John a chance to see his father as a kid. In doing so, he also reveals that he knows that he's... Um, that the two of them are related. Derek becomes more human, and he starts to form a bond with John that is very different than the other um, into, uh, the other two John's life. <laughs> um, there's a starting of a real affection between them. Even though it's from earlier in the episode, we get a glimpse um, of, of this in a scene between the two of them in the car. Um, I think he means um, when they're talking about the girls. Uh, the real Sarkazian is in the running for this week's badass. After all, he's not only behind the whole Turk sale threat, but in the end sets the car bomb up and calmly walks away when the Glaubot is, um, sets it off. <laughs> nice touch uh, to, ha- to have the typical-looking thug boss set up as the bad guy, just to undercut that by having an unassuming sales guy behind the whole thing. Uh, 
Having Cromartie slaughter an entire squad of FBI agents only to leave Ellison alive is another big moment. That coupled with a car explosion leaves this finale of the season on a great cliffhanger, even if, even though it wasn't intended to be one. Here's to season two. I hope you'll be able to record a few commentaries um, as there are things in the horizon that just call out for one. Thanks for continuing to do a great intercast, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Thanks. Yeah, we should do a commentary. <clears throat> I would have read that much more literally. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> uh, Malika, do Malika probably knows what I mean. <laughs> there were some amusing uh, typos in that. We will forgive him. Do I hear crickets? I don't know. I hear some something. You might hear crickets. Okay. <laughs> I have crickets. Okay. That's awesome. You, you might also crickets? hear frogs. You, you might hear some frogs. Okay, that's probably what I'm hearing. Are you outside? No, no, I'm near a window. Here, I'll, I'll move the mic closer to them. <laughs> well, that's good. Our uh, next email is from Lori. Who wants to take Lori's email? All right, some feedback in under the wire. Even though I had taken, even though I had my notes taken last week, <laughs> I like the reference to Moore's law, though it has to be taken with, with a bit of skepticism. The flashbacks were nice. It was interesting to see the brothers when they were young. It reemphasized how soon their future, in their future, machine takeover happened. I miss sending in feedback for the earlier episode with biblical references. These sort of things generally annoy me, but for some reason they did they do not hear. I like the detective a lot, and that may be why. I also like the interaction between Charlie and the detective. Very nice sword on the wall. Knew it just had to get used. Call back to the diamonds was nice, but not sure if it answers how they are living in the house, as it sounded like they were only just then assess- assessing their value. It was a nice piece of irony that the food courts became a concentration camp. Uh, <laughs> I had a note that Derek is a lot like Cameron. He is really just as cold sometimes. However, I did like his birthday present to John. That was, though, though it was surprising. Some quotes, John. Maybe you have, maybe you have like a built day, Cameron. Yeah. No, it belongs to the guy I killed and stuff in the trunk. What? Oh, stuff. They're two different. It's two separate quotes. quotes. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? I like the way you read it, though. <laughs> yeah, like, that makes no Good sense. Me. Badass. Our detective. He was pretty cool in the face of a, the massacre. Why was he spared? Rating 9 out of 10 cool swords. Pretty good season finale. Looking forward to the next season. Thanks. Thank you, Lori. Mm. All right. We do some predictions for the next episode. <laughs> what is the next episode? I think is yeah, it's Samson and Delilah. Uh, it's the season two premiere. Is this more biblical stuff? Is it yeah, all? Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, is it? Is that like the theme? They were like, this went over well. Let's just keep on doing this. Mm. <laughs> the whole so, season is biblical. I think references. that they're two different, like. I don't know, like like computers, like, just like the Turks. Like I don't know. Well, Cameron's all Cameron's hair got burned off, and now she has no <laughs> hair. And the, the that's true. Source of her power, so she's all weak. So and she's Samson, <laughs> and then John's Delilah. And then John meets someone named Delilah. <laughs> no, no, John gets obsessed with the radio DJ Delilah. Delilah. Like listening to music. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Thanks for me. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Gonna be some stuff happening. <laughs> when the man <laughs> comes <What>? out. <laughs> well, I guess there is some stuff gonna happen. Like, that's gonna be happening. We hope. I think some people are gonna be upgraded. Who's upgraded? Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> some characters are gonna be like, well, some actors are gonna be promoted, basically. Oh, uh, they're gonna get pay upgrades. Yeah, or they're gonna be in the opening credits. <laughs> I <laughs> hope Ellison is, is and but I hope he turns out to be cool. Like, I will, want Ellison. will John get an upgraded haircut? Because I've seen the season two DVD cover. It's <laughs> <laughs> a downgrade. <laughs> Kyle Reese gets promoted from Sergeant Tatcom to. Uh, Lieutenant, he gets come. Pro- he gets promoted from four years old to five years old. <laughs> do we know what Derek? Do we know it's what Derek's really rank good. is in the resistance? Uh, I don't know. janitor. Just listening to the animal <laughs> night noises outside. I know. Uh, too. Mine or yours? Yours. Yours. <laughs> They're really loud. I don't know. It's because I live. <laughs> Close to the highway, but I don't hear that kind of stuff outside. Does it make you miss Mississippi? It does. Yeah. Oh, I love the Mississippi sounds. Soon enough. Sometimes I go on YouTube and actually listen to the sounds of the. <laughs> we have a we have a pool just outside on the other side of this particular wall, and the frogs like to hang out around there at night. So we get a lot of the night noise. Derek Thomas Reese was the first lieutenant. Ah, something pages loading. Maybe uh, Colonel, what's his face? I forget his name. I think he was mentioned in that other episode. Yeah, the same guy Kyle works for. Yeah, Animaeus. <laughs> Can't remember his name on. Later. Um, <clears throat> you mean Spartacus Animaeus? Yeah. What? <laughs> if you seen Spartacus? Yeah. No. The guy played Spartacus. Oh. Well, he, he, no, not, he did play Spartacus. No, he's he been played... Animaeus on Spartacus. Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen All right. My thing won't load up. My internet's going to be slow. So let's end the episode. Say hello, Heidi and Drano. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. Uh, hope you both come back next season. I think uh, you've got me on for something. Mm-hmm, me too. Yay. Oh. Um, I have a story for you guys. Oh. Ooh, cool. So between these two seasons, I went to San Diego Comic-Con and uh, saw the panel, which I will post some pictures from on your Facebook group. Um, yeah. But at the restaurant across the street on Sunday, which is the last day of the convention, um, I saw Thomas Decker... And Lena Headey, but she was not feeling well. So I did not talk to her. But uh, Thomas Decker was, like, waiting for his food. He was starving. It was, like, I don't know, close to noon. And I think they were getting ready to check out and leave. And um, so my parents had ordered this gigantic cinnamon roll, not knowing 
that it was going to be this gigantic cinnamon roll. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so they offered it to him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he took it and ate it and, uh, like, thanked us profusely for it because he was <laughs> so hungry. And then he t- took a picture with us. And, yeah, it was... <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. So you saved him. Yeah, I know. (laughs) He would have died if not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of your parents, Heidi. Uh, So yeah, I will. I will post that picture on Facebook. Did they? (laughs) Did they know who he was? Yeah, that was the most crazy part. They didn't even know. They knew him from Heroes. Like we were all there. I was there too. They, they just offered him their cinnamon roll, but. but yeah, they knew him from Heroes. I uh, think possibly my dad had watched the series, but I can't remember for sure. But yeah. <laughs> he probably was sick of eating pancakes. He's like, thank God, it's a cinnamon roll. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Samson and Delilah. But remember, there's no fate. But what we make. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Stroke off.